Hello and welcome to Weekly Open. I'm Brian, aka Ledger. Don, how you doing? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing well. It's great to be with you here today. It's great to be with our folks joining us for Weekly Open as we analyze markets before we get to it. Let me say thank you to Blockfolio. They're our partner for this and all episodes of Weekly Open. All you got to do is go to weeklyopen.com slash Blockfolio, and you can make a trade there today. Go direct from one asset to another with a delightful mobile trading experience. They've got all the assets that you need, whether you're in the U.S. or internationally, it's available for you. And you get all the same portfolio tracking features that you've known and loved since 2014. Their books are completely powered by FTX. Thanks to Blockfolio for being our partner for Weekly Open. Go to weeklyopen.com slash Blockfolio and download it today. All right, Don, it's just you and I today. We're holding down the fort. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, the market's been pretty boring in the last few days, so I think we'll manage just barely. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, let's, why don't you give us the rundown on Bitcoin and then we'll go from there. Uh, what have we seen since last week? We did get a, uh, a new high. We just haven't seen the follow through, I guess, right? Yeah, it's just been, in my opinion, what we're going to see is just some merciless chop. And I've been saying this for weeks now, and I, I still think that holds true. That said, we've made a new high on the weekly chart, so that's good. As long as that holds, I think we're still in the clear. If you're putting off log charts, it kind of looks ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, like this, it's fine still. You wouldn't want to see that new weekly support get broken, I think, or in general, this area which would invalidate, I think you've had like an ascending triangle, didn't you? Like someone had it last week. I, I don't remember who it was. Yeah, like a four hour, even a daily time frame. You can you can talk yourself into this being a uh, yeah, this an, kind of ascending triangle or maybe even a, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it looks fine on those mid time frames. This is one of those things, though, I run into this often where you get like something that feels super bullish on mid time frames, but then you zoom out to the higher time frames and it just looks like it needs more time, uh, yeah. like it's overextended and, you know, it, it, it's not expansionary, right? Like that's one, two, mm -hmm. three, four, uh, four weeks and now we have a new high. So now we're basically to the point where you need follow through like with some gusto, right? <laughs> if, uh, yeah, totally agreed. Uh, because otherwise you have, you know, four weeks of consolidation. You could call those three inside weeks off of that last bullish candle a month ago. Mm -hmm. um, and when you break out of that, it should follow through and like play out the measured move or whatever of that mid time frame breakout. Otherwise you're at risk in my mind of some kind of, you know, swing failure or whatever and mean reversion uh, really filling out the lows back to where your cursor conveniently yeah, is in the high 40s, you know. I think in general, this, like filling this out wouldn't be terrible. I mean, it yeah. would feel terrible being in it because, I mean, yeah, it's a big pullback. But like given the price history, I wouldn't mind this one bit. Like let's say this fails here, breaks down, consolidates in there and then goes back up. Like that would make me think that we can have like another year of upside um, just straight up. If we just go crazy from here, I mean, then we get maybe we get the blow off top if that if that's what it's going <laughs> to be, right? Like, let, let's say this just breaks out. I mean, what else is it going to do, right? It's getting so vertical, um, or it, it was so vertical and now it's going so much sideways that I mean, yeah. maybe 
The interesting aspect of if we do break down like that is we'll have a lot of people calling the end of the bull market, um, which if we're to have reaccumulation, I guess you kind of want people to be calling the end of the bull market, <laughs> don't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that would be like, I think that would be the most constructive thing to do. Just give it some time. I mean, imagine you have like a breakout of this, of this kind, you have like a 300% increase and then you just consolidate in that range that sounds incredibly bullish to me it's just it would suck because price would go down a little first but yeah we'll see. it would it would yeah <laughs> you're kind of you're speaking my thoughts here because you know i don't want to like root for down candles or whatever but um it would make the whole trend seem a little healthier to me uh, and i I don't know. <laughs> that weekly just gets me shook, you know. Yeah, it's I, like where is the <laughs> where is the room for movement here? And it so clearly feels like down is the uh, is the clearest path for for uh, you know risk reward, right? Yeah. Like if it I moves mean, up, it, what are people going to be hyped about? Like sixty seven, seventy? I don't know. Like, is it just one hundred k? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I I'd love for it to just completely go ballistic because honestly like these blow off tops are easier to trade i mean it's it's going to be hard to nail the top exactly but you don't have to right like let's say this goes completely ballistic and blows the top out right goes to like 80 90 100k um i would love to trade that but then the aftermath would suck hard i think because yeah. i mean you would get i think a massive pullback whoops and then it looks like this and everyone's like, oh, shit, do I actually like still want to hold this, whatever? And then we go through the same thing here again in another range, right? I mean, so it's basically for me, it's like, okay, do we spend some time here, consolidate, chill a little bit and then push up and just keep on going? Or do we blow off top and then break down? I don't think we go to 100k consolidate there and then just go to 200 300 400 <laughs> that makes it too easy yeah it just sounds i mean given the the price history of bitcoin like you rarely get these rallies in the first place right these straight up rallies you get like pullbacks in between we haven't had any of those so that's my view on it um yeah. on the weekly time frame it still looks good right as long as it's above that support still looks good um on the daily it's kind of like this is just straight up chop. You can draw whatever you want to. Um, for me, it's just chopping through pretty much anything. Um, so it's pretty hard to call it. Yeah. But Where, where's your decision point on something like this? If it does try to break down, like, are you basically, would you be out if you're trying to play this to manage your capital for lowest drawdowns? Yeah. Basically, you'd be out now. And wait for a break up to confirm getting back in, right? Like if you were uh, to try to maximize your positioning? I think I would, like for me, I'm, I'm still in because I have no idea um, if I would be able to play the breakout. Uh, it's really, really hard when it's chopping like this, right? You could have thought this is the breakout, the recent one <laughs> yeah. on t 10th of April, and you get completely run over and you're like, okay, now it has to go down and you sell and it goes back up. And you're like, oh, what do I do now? <laughs> um, I mean, everyone has gone through that before. So for me, I want to get invalidated on the bullish side of things. And I think this is a pretty good level for it now. The, the best one and the most cautious one, I think is this one. So 54K, 
Um, if that gets taken out, I think we're just heading into the lower range, into the lower weekly range. Um, before that happens, I'll just continue zooming up until proven otherwise. But I don't like how XRP moved. I don't like how Bitcoin Cash looks like Litecoin. Whenever they go up and Bitcoin is just boring, it tends to be at least a short to midterm top. Yeah, um, kind of the last bastions, like looking for a pump. And that's when you feel like at least dominance is going to pick up soon. <laughs> whether that's yeah. whether that's up or down, like your your safety in altcoins probably is uh, diminishing. Yeah, uh, whenever the trash pumps, basically it's starting to get to an end. But the question is, how high can it pump? Right? I mean, I still own Litecoin. Um, hate to say it, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, yeah. So it, for me, it's kind of. I feel like there's a good chance that we're just gonna roll over or maybe break out and do like a fake out and then roll over. Um, but I'll just chance it and be like, okay, I'm going to stay in um, until 54. Yeah. Um, you're basically broke. saying that you're going to have discipline if it does break down. Um, but you're not, you're not going to try to be a genius, you know, like you're not, you're, you're not going to like catch the Pico top with the way that you're talking about it, which is fine. Yeah. Um, one What's of, your strategy? Yeah. I mean, one extra view that I think I'll add is, uh, you could try to say that there's some kind of wedge here because, you know, we made a higher high uh, and now we're lower. So if we make that higher high, that's one more type of, uh, you know, pretty strong fake out that you could get would be if you kind of head back towards the top of that range, get a underwhelming pump, 65 to 70. Um, everybody's calling for 100K plus, whatever, but you're still actually in this mid time frame kind of wedge like consolidation. Uh, that could be the type of thing that agrees with what you're saying in terms of uh, how to how to get liquidity for a move down. Um, the yeah. moving average wise, like it's we're total chop like you talked about. Um, the biggest thing this entire bull run that's been driving me nuts is that uh, we still have not managed to test the 20-week moving average, which we did all through 2017. That was that marked many like capitulatory bottoms, and by the time we got too far away from it, it was the end of the bull market. Um, and here, the 20-week 20, the 20 has not caught up, nor have we dumped down to it at any point. The closest we got was back when we went to 29 we didn't get to that moving average and that's just all because after we broke 10k we just went so fast you know um and that's all a moving average is but in a healthy market i like to see the asset test those fat those those moving averages because it it gives you an, it gives dip buyers an opportunity to buy the dip and when they don't have the opportunity to buy the dip they end up fomoing in and then they're underwater quickly when it does dip you know um and i feel like we're we're in this maybe reaccumulation, but it's like vertical reaccumulation, and it's just very <laughs> scary, uh, very scary up here because it feels like if people are reaccumulating at the highs and then the highs let go, um, all of a sudden you could have a lot of people underwater, and then it moves more rapidly to the downside than you wish that it would, you know? Yeah. Um, and level wise, like. I, I like the 20 week and if uh that 38 to 40k range like i don't think it's uh i don't i don't think it's you know protected 
Um, you know, I don't think we're just going to like not have any chance of going that low. Like I think from a pure chart perspective, we could absolutely go uh, to 40 or below. And that's a, that's a 50% haircut from 60 K, you know, um, that would be very scary for people from a chart perspective. This is not my fundamentals. This is nothing. It's just purely looking at the chart. I'd be looking at that 38 to 42 and say, you know, give it to me. If I take out my own bias, my own positioning, all that stuff, we're also seeing incredibly reduced volume. I'm looking at the index here. We peaked at we peaked volume at 38k. Uh, you know, moved down to 29, and we, the whole move up from there, we've continued to have lower volume. So my question is, what's next? And I've been, you know, we've talked about it over and over again. I've been waiting on this Ethereum breakout been pretty ethereum heavy uh we got the higher high but now what (laughs) you know just sitting here up at 2100 2150 basically i would like to see some follow-through on all of this and similarly i'm i'm still exposed but i'm trying to think like what what's my role in this market like am i willing to take a 30 40 50 percent haircut um and i don't really want to (laughs) you know what i mean uh it's just being honest like i don't i'm not in a place where i feel cozy taking that type of haircut that's a lot of money um so people have to manage their risk themselves and see like what's your potential upside what's your potential downside uh don another thing that's just from a narrative perspective interesting to me is you know on up only we had a bunch of people on everybody had pretty bullish long-term uh mindset like crypto was talking about his basically fear that coinbase's ipo was going to be a a local market top like a sell the news type of event and also Mm -hmm. translate down onto bitcoin and the chat and the comments and everything else was just like, you stupid bear, like, how dare you? you don't know what you're talking about. And it just makes my my uh, my senses tingle, you know, like, yeah. I feel like maybe everybody's a little bit too long and would be very nervous if we broke down. The thing is, something that Cred said to me like a while ago was like, no one in this market that has gotten in in the last few, like, months maybe 12 months basically um has really experienced a big drawdown right yeah so back in 17 everyone was kind of trained you get a drawdown you buy the dip right nowadays people are trained you get uh, trained to Um, see a tiny dip a micro dip (laughs) and then they go all in and then if something like this ever happens right we're gonna see so many liquidations it's gonna be insane so i mean it's the same for me, right? TA-wise, I look at this and I'm like, okay, if you're getting 38, take it. That's like, that's the, the, the place that you want to be buying. Um, but who's in left? my head? <laughs> yeah, in, in, in my head, it's like, okay, dude, like that's crazy, right? That's already a huge drawdown of like 40%. But then again, like, I mean, it wouldn't be something new. Um, but yeah, I mean, whenever Light speaks, I listen. I, I really value his opinion. Um, so, I mean... It has me a little bit shook as well. We'll we'll see um, how the market reacts to it, right? Um, I think it's going to be for the... I can't imagine like stuff like BNB and um, some of the exchange tokens to go on like this forever, right? It just seems like, okay, it's pretty damn high already. And if you're expecting the, IP, uh, the Coinbase thing basically to, to make this rip higher, I, I think you're overextending quite a bit. 
but yeah, I I completely agree in that. Uh, I think we're gonna. I think we're due for some shenanigans. I think the Coinbase IPO is the perfect timing to have shenanigans. Um, I'm not trying to sit here and be a bear. I'm a macro bull, and I'm a little. I'm feeling like I need to be a little more cautious uh, than I have been. And I think we could see rotation. I think we could see some stuff still make like Bitcoin relative gains in the altcoin landscape. We've seen DeFi stuff like be. Um, you know, really underperform uh, for quite a while. But it was, if you look at it, like I like to think, I like to use Ave as a sample. We've done that on the show many times. You just pulled up Sushi. Um, like Ave hasn't made a new high since February 10th or 11th. And I've got it pulled up here on the stream now. It's like, it looks like it's consolidating. It might have it be ready for a move up. You go look at it versus BTC, it made it all the way back down to its 200-day moving average, even below the prior all-time highs, and it looks like it could curl up. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe there's rotation that's involved there as long as Bitcoin fails to break down or, or, or break up. Like if Bitcoin basically continues in this tight structure, I think those types of trades could exist. Uh, your sushi one there, are you... That looks like a bearish retest based on the way you've drawn it. Is that your sentiment as well? Uh, I mean, I've had this range. Do you remember? Like, we talked about it, like, oh, yeah. back somewhere, like, way back. Um, honestly, like, I, I'm not entirely sure if it's a bearish retest or not. Like, usually when you get, like, these these breakdowns, they go like this, and then they go. And this was pretty shallow off, like, a move downwards into a retest. Uh, but, yeah, it looks like one... Um, and it, it would have to reclaim this for me to to be bullish on it versus Bitcoin. And yeah. that's not a tall ask, right? I mean, that's just how much is that? Like, like one day, six, wait. seven percent. That's yeah. like nothing. Um, and I think that's completely worth waiting for. Um, yeah, I have a very similar setup on my own uh, sushi BTC chart, and I just kept the pennant that I was interested in a while back. Um, because when it broke down from it, I was like, all right, it was basically, basically my signal not to care about sushi for a while. Uh, the 200-day moving average versus BTC has just been sitting down here like looking for attention. <laughs> uh, and, and then this looks like it could be a bearish rejection off the 20-day moving average versus BTC. Um, and this is not, again, not, I'm not trying to sit here and be Mr. Bear. I'm just, you know. It's not telling you to get in yet. Like you said, you can you can wait for that confirmation. You don't have to buy the Pico bottom of, of a move like that. Um, I'd like to yeah. see if we're going to have this rotation trade. Uh, it, it doesn't look like it's equal for all coins or whatever. You know, like we're already starting to see pretty significant rotation between them. Um, and I think we'll continue to see that as long as Bitcoin and ETH haven't made a decision. And then I think once those do make a decision, I think we'll see the correlations pick up quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, whenever you have, like, I, I feel like that, that's been a rotation into trash, basically. I mean, you look at XRP. We talked about this last week, and Luke, Luke was super bullish on it. I was like, I could see this really go up. I think pretty much everyone was the same page yeah. on that one. And um, so they're just yeah. like a bullish reclaim, and now it's going to super moon? <laughs> I, I, I mean... Chart-wise, this is support now. Yeah. Um, XRP so, folks are claiming some kind of victory as well in their uh, in their case, like the SEC oh, yeah. case, because they got discovery 
approval so that now the SEC has to turn over documentation about how they've talked about Bitcoin and Ethereum and in and compare that to XRP. I, I guess to see like I don't know, but they're claiming victory there. Mm, uh, so yeah. I think that was part of the reason for the pump. By the way, I freaking love when you like switch a box from red to green or green to red. <laughs> it, just, it changes my whole view. <laughs> yeah, it's insane, right? <laughs> um, yeah, it's the same thing. Like I made this for a reason. Like back in the day, I had just gray boxes, and um, I don't know. Like just visually, it just um, turns your entire view on on something upside down. Mm-hmm. So I mean, now we have this support, right? If this dips. Um, I mean, I hate to say it, right? But it's going to be a buy as long as it doesn't lose that again. And um, then where where does it go, right? And the thing is, like, have you seen the XRP USD chart? It no. broke every single resistance left. It just smashed right through. Yeah. I mean, this looks like it's probably going to go to all-time on, right? Yeah. Um, now, it's gross. It, yeah, it's, it, it really is. I mean, $1 is going to be great support. Uh, probably going to bounce from there. And then, I mean... Yeah, XRP. You know, you know, one of the things that I feel like might be like kind of a Max Payne type of scenario is if Bitcoin, if this is basically like a repeat of summer 2020 for Bitcoin, where like you get the break up and then it's up for like three days and then more chop and then down for a day or two and then more chop. <laughs> like it just ends up being this giant patternless reaccumulation. Um, I mean, we really did go from April 2020 at 8800 to October 2020 at 12k like that's not a gigantic move and within that the entire move was over the course of like four days you know um it just wasn't pretty back then and then then it just went vertical and I've part of me thinks that is also the way that we could catch up to the moving averages this time you know you break up with coinbase and then you break you know you chop and break down again or whatever and it just you're sitting in summer, like late summer 2021, and finally your moving averages start to catch up, and then you make it a bigger decision then. Um, and that would give plenty of wiggle room for the XRPs of the world to continue to moon and like piss everybody off. <laughs> <It's> just like, <laughs> yep. I just feel like it would be the most interesting from a market psychology standpoint you know people are just constantly waiting on the bitcoin move to tell everything else what to do and meanwhile you have these massive altcoin rotations occurring um yeah i mean it just makes sense right um and for me it's kind of like i at some point this has to stop going up completely vertically so i mean might as well do it now but yeah the only other thing yeah sorry this the only other thing i'm thinking about now is my january 1st prediction for bitcoin on the year was 66k or so (laughs) so like if we did that with the coinbase pump and then that was the yearly top and we just chopped sideways for the next six months like uh that would be hilarious because I basically gave up on that 60k prediction at the, in January because I was like, well, it just did most of it in a month. <laughs> so like, obviously, it's going higher now. But now it'd be funny if it ended up being right. You know, like just feed into that with the Coinbase IPO and then go into a six month reaccumulation. Yep. I, oh I mean, gosh, so many people would be upset. <laughs> yep. I I don't actually love it. Give it some time. Give some time to for the old coins to kind of cycle through. Um, I mean, maybe like the, my favorite kind of case would be like for a mini old season while this dips, like let's say Bitcoin dips and then you see the Bitcoin pairs take off on some of these. 
Um, and then Bitcoin crushes it again on the way up like this. And then you have all coins go off in here and all coins get killed again on the way up. Like that kind of stuff. We've seen it all like so many times. I'd love it. Not entirely sure if we're going to get get it, but I mean, I could see it. Yeah, let's talk about that alt season concept because I mean, we've been in alt season, um, but it's not like it's been across the board no matter what yeah. on Bitcoin relative pairs, right? Yeah. Um, and the Bitcoin relative com- pairs component of that is an important one to consider um, because back in 2017, you know, when the big alt seasons, things mooned relative to Bitcoin. They didn't just moon versus the dollar. And so far we've seen, um, you know, we've certainly seen some stuff go up massively like you talked about with BNB. But we haven't seen it cycle down to like every mid cap and every low cap and like the full genre. Um, and I think that's possible that uh, after we get this initial impulse, we get back to chopping. Then you see altcoins cycle off of the like big layer one moves or like the giant, you know, the giant altcoin moves that we've seen so far and cycle that down to all the trash and like. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think we've seen that season really occur quite yet. Um, yeah, agreed. And when I look at dominance, um, I mean, it really did peak uh, January 4th, and then it broke, I'm looking at a weekly, broke the 200-week moving average. If you want to apply TA, to me, this does look like, I mean, it's both a lower low, it's also a breakdown of like a head and shoulder type of thing. Um. I think people could call the end of the altcoin game if that retests, like if dominance retests, and it could give you a great entry to um, have like much bigger moves in altcoins. So you, it, this aligns decently for me for uh, Coinbase IPO is your, uh, I mean, that's just in a couple of days, um, but that ends up being kind of your pivotal event. Dominance kind of recovers, right, as Bitcoin is volatile. Uh, so anytime Bitcoin's volatile, I'm basically going to be betting on dominance uh, going up, whether it's down or up. Um, and then after that kind of settles down, that's when your alts continue and it ends up looking like a perfect retest on this dominance chart. Um, I like it. I like it. I mean, whenever Bitcoin goes completely crazy, altcoins get wrecked, right? And I, it's going to be the same here too. Like if you get like what I drew earlier, like this, um, and then I said, okay, mini old season in here. How it usually plays out is you get Bitcoin getting wrecked or like even if it pumps, same on the opposite side. And then for like most of that move, right, on this move, all coins just get completely fucked. But then they get bought up quicker at the bottom of the move and then rally beyond Bitcoin. Uh, and that is usually how it plays out. It's not as simple as, okay, Bitcoin goes down, all coins go up because whenever Bitcoin goes down, Usually all coins go down with it. And the same, like when Bitcoin goes up, not the same is true, right? Bitcoin, you can kind of see it in the USD pairs nowadays when Bitcoin just starts running and then the USD pairs just like start like crawling up and can't keep up with it. So whenever Bitcoin chills or like finds a bottom, then the old coins really start ticking off. I, I like that if that happens, like you, you paint it out. Yeah. So another interesting, what does this mean for Bitcoin <laughs> macro thing is that, you know, we've been following the Dixie pretty much every week on this show. Um, 
and the Dixie looks like it's breaking down, also failing its 200-day after a breach above. Uh, and this just looks like a failed a failed move. Like the, you know, it had some kind of short squeeze, and then it, it looks pretty bad here. Uh, it looks pretty bearish. And again, this is relative, um, but the fiat currencies as well, um, you know, individually, like they're all weak. But even the Dixie, which is the relative basis, also doesn't look very good here. Um, so this. This could be supportive that the move up, uh, the next move is up for Bitcoin, um, and then fakes out. I don't know. What do you think of it? I guess you're still treating that 90 level as as support, right? Yeah, I mean, this is it for me. But like, but, I generally don't like whenever like something breaks out and then retests immediately. Like, yeah. it's the same thing in crypto too. Whenever you get a breakout and then immediately immediately do this, I'm like, yeah. I mean, I don't mind it. I, I'm fine with buying it, but it's always like, ugh. It's like, a, it should have really gone. It doesn't like, feel great if it's easy to get filled. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And um, that is going to be the case here. In general, like, it makes sense in my, like, macro view, whatever. In my head, it makes sense for this to go down in general. So my world makes more sense when this is not doing too well. Um, so I don't mind if this just starts breaking down again. And the thing is, like, if this starts breaking down, beyond like support then it's really really in trouble like where does it go from there like next area is like, like what 86 yeah like this area here mm-hmm. so you're like that's a big move but then again like this is not my market um it's yeah. been pretty responsive to ta which is really weird for like a dollar <laughs> index kind of thing uh, yeah. but I, yeah i think works, if, i think eventually uh like you say dollar has a good bit of room down to go like even from a competitiveness perspective because since this is a relative chart um it's probably more threats to the dollar than there's been in quite a while um but yeah i mean the the like rapid move up that we had going into a couple of weeks ago looks to have truly settled down so that kind of best case scenario maybe just continued chop but I think we could fully retest down to 90, 90, 50. And then uh, if that breaks down, we go down back to 89 new lows. That would be very bullish for Bitcoin, at least on the macro. One thing I've noticed in the last few weeks is that everyone on the street seems to be talking about stocks and seems to be talking about markets in general, which is really weird. Yeah, <laughs> I'm having trouble with it as well. Like I was like out just before the show, I was out getting getting food and then people chalked by me and they were talking about like stocks and stocks only go up basically about all of those memes. And whenever I hear that, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's very scary. And uh, yeah. I mean, stocks had this major impulse the last two weeks. Um, like last week, it just gapped up and then went up all, all week. The S&P 500 did. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with that. Like it's there's a lot of warning signs here to me that say like this is you know like this is creating liquidity for big money to get out or something like that. Like I want to fade it so bad, but that's <laughs> on the long term. That's not like the greatest thing to do. Like you're usually yep. not going to be very happy trying to fade that type of move. Um, but similar to what we just saw in Bitcoin, and maybe this is a prequel. For what we saw, what what we'll see in Bitcoin is like this looked like basically vertical reaccumulation all year until a break up the last two weeks, um, and maybe we will. Maybe it is as easy as like Bitcoin's going to follow the exact same thing the S and P five hundred did. 
Um, and this is the, the, the blow off top, or I've heard, you know, like crack up boom is what <laughs> the macro voices guy likes to say. Like, um, maybe that's what it is. Does that mean you want to like sit, you want to step in here and be the bid at this type of level? Like, are people really thinking like, uh, this is now where I need to buy? Or are they thinking, is this where I need to be taking profit? You know, like, how do you consider like what the common narrative is going to be for others? And who's buying these levels? Is it smart money or dumb money? I mean, I, I, I think it's dumb money. The thing is, like, we're in such a paradigm, like in a new paradigm where it's like, maybe they're right, right? It's <laughs> question, so hard question to everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been like, this kind of dumb money has been right kind of movement has been occurring all year, right? Mm-hmm. Where the biggest winner has been like Degens trading GME trading, like all these meme stocks uh, and it's like i mean this isn't looking too pretty but yeah, yeah it's, it's been still like, like it's still it, not like totally died from from where many of them bought and many yeah. of those people are still trying to play that game as if it still has the same issues like it was all like liquidity trash and and short squeeze and stuff and people are still trying to play and it now it looks like it's just going to be a massive distribution that looks terrible. Holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> I hadn't so even bad. looked at it in a, in a long while, but, but yeah, I feel like eventually those folks have to lose. Like I, I, that's crude of me, but I feel like eventually they have to lose. I agree. I mean, that's the thing, right? They always lose. It sucks to say, and it sucks to know because I mean, it just kind of feels like everything's stacked up against the, the normal man. But it, I think that's just how the markets work. Right. Yeah. Um, they always get run over even more so when you play like that when you're like all in something whatever uh if you don't pull out at some point you're gonna lose it's just how it is yeah and uh you know before the chat like it's like oh look don and ledger just like perma bear right now (laughs) one we're not perma bear we're both in we're just trying to think in game you know like you look at a you look at a chart like this and you try to analyze like hey we see volatility coming soon that's what that's what I think both of us see. In fact, let's just toss on a, uh, you know, the the Bollinger Band width. That's a fun one to uh, to throw on a chart. Sometimes it's uh, not been this tight in 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 months, right? Yeah, it's uh, really come oh. down quite a bit. I'm got it pulled up now. Um, yeah, the top of the year, the beginning of the year, it expanded, and it's basically been going down since February. It's not like a multi-year low or anything, but it's it's on the lows in terms of, uh, you know, volatility is significantly down. Uh, I'm going to show your chart, and I'm going to try to pull up realized volatility versus implied volatility and see if I can get anything for us on that. Nice. Um. But yeah, it's like I don't know. I don't know, Don. Volatility soon and volatility is <laughs> it's usually not great for uh it's just usually not great for, you know, altcoins and um it it can it can be a little dicey. Yeah, I, I wonder how, how the EPTC thing is gonna play out. I threw this like ages ago, like when we were trading down there, um this head and shoulders kind of thing. I want this to be invalidated so bad. Um, but so far it hasn't but it needs to um, I mean if we get like a retest here and then rally that'd be nice but right now I'm kind of struggling with this as well 
Um, I want to see this break out before before I get like super super bullish on the old coins. But like some some of the old coins have put in like really nice setups. I like Litecoin a lot. Um, beginning beginning was it this week or last week? Last days week, of flow. Talking about yeah yeah um, yeah. I mean, you just get like the first resistance gets broken. The reason why like I like Litecoin so much is because of is because of where is it? the cycle load that we hit. Like whenever I see that, I'm like, okay, it just has to smash one resistance and I'm going to be bullish on it. And it's what it did. Um, and it even retested intra-week for a nice entry. Mm-hmm. So it's not really explosive yet and I want it to be. Um, but like that is not look bad looking in itself right now. Um, but it needs some follow through because if this just fails again, like what we're going to do, I think is just going to, fuck off and then it's gonna be um a painful capitulation i think so this is basically the last chance to be bullish for a long long time i think on like on price wise not time wise because if this breaks down it's gonna break down quick i think um but like price wise you're gonna be bullish like coin it like down here or you're not gonna be yeah like in general so uh, IV was pretty unattractive for people that wanted to buy options for months. And uh, now we're at uh, four-month lows on uh, implied volatility, which basically means the market's not expecting huge moves. But when IV goes down enough, it's like a squeeze becomes a spring. You kind of expect it to expand out of that at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, this is based on Darabit Insights using SKU. I didn't have uh, the actual SKU chart popped up i think they put it behind a paywall now um there is a iv versus realized volatility chart out there somewhere but um <clears throat> yeah it's it's uh implied volatility is low which usually is going to be a determining factor to say we should expect some volatility to come basically that means that you can uh you can if you wanted to be long Volatility. If you wanted to be an options buyer, it's a decent time to do it. Like it's more affordable to buy the options now because the pricing on those is based on the implied volatility. Um, but they're not forward looking; they're they're rear looking. So when you're buying, um, you know, you're you're buying options based on the past volatility, but you're expecting upcoming volatility. That's going to give you an advantage uh, for for that long vol trade. So if you're directionally correct in what volatility you're buying then you can do quite well. Even if you try to go not even be directional with what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's strategies for that as well. But it's just something to watch out for. Like I, I'm more than anything expecting volatility. And I don't know, the four hour tells me to long the balls off of it. And the weekly tells me be very afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely hate when, when that's the case. When you have like two different views and two different time frames, and like, ah, oh, shit, what do I do now? Yeah. And I, whenever I'm in that situation, I just sit tight because, I mean, even looking at the four hour, right? I mean, there have been people slain over this in the last few hours, I would say. Like these kind of spikes, they just fuck people over so badly. Like all of the, the high leverage kind of low yeah, time frame. The higher guys. your leverage, the more dangerous this is gonna be. Yep. Um you know I, I think in general this market has shown the the high leveraged apes, or at least a lot of them that um 
yeah, that they're in the, in the wrong profession, I think. A lot of the 50x, 60x, 100x people, they're already gone, even though Bitcoin went up from 10k to 60k. Yeah, that's one other element to consider of this, too, is that um, typically when people get on high leverage, even if they're directionally right initially, we fade that very quickly. Um, because what happens is the places where there's highest leverage, like a buy bid or whatever, you know, it'll be leading by like $500 and you're like, well, we can't do anything else until we wash them out. So it, it kind of mutes the, mutes the pump on it. Um, yeah. this leads me, to, I, the more I look at this, the more I think we're going to follow some kind of pattern like this. Like we break up, we, you know, all the, all the <laughs> degenerate, leverage apes are FOMOing in 62, 63, something like that. And we're, we're leading like $800 uh, derivatives versus cash. And then you start to see the weakening of that and it, the positioning unrolls a bit. And that gives you your velocity for the dump. Um, I don't want yeah, that I to mean, be true, but that seems like the most likely path to me. I mean, I'd, I'd honestly love to get some high time from pullback just because it would make buying so easy again because it's so easy to buy Bitcoin when it when it seems to be dead to most. Um, like that's where I where I do really well, and I haven't really had like much chance during this move up. Like I've I've almost always caught these forty percent pullbacks, right? Yeah. And this rally in here, I've been like ready to buy any of it and i just didn't get it so it's been it's been a little bit painful for me to kind of sit there being like okay i really want to deploy like a lot but i can't um, don until... wants to step in and be the bid but yeah, he's not but... doing it at the freaking highs <laughs> <laughs> yep the, the funny thing is like if i did it at like whatever like 27 or something i'd be up a shitload with that right but it's like yeah. Trading wise, like I look at this from a trading perspective more than anything. Um, and I'm more than happy. Like, let's say this really pulls back 40%, right? Goes back to like these highs, whatever. Um, I feel much more secure buying there than during any other part of this. So it's like, yeah. as a trade, it's, it's really good. As an investment, you're going to like, if you want to be, if you don't have an, a stack in this and if you don't have like any kind of Bitcoin that you want to be having, um, it's probably not the strategy for you, right? The, the, the way to go when you're trying to invest, in my opinion, is just buying it. And then if it dips, it dips. And if it dips hard, you just buy more. Yeah. It's not how you trade. I think, but it's, I, yeah. this is, I think this is a dip that I want to start looking for post Coinbase move. Like give, give the Coinbase IPO. I mean, it's probably the most anticipated IPO since like Facebook or something, you know, like it's huge. Um, and I want to I want to give that time, let it play out. Maybe we pop up and go 60, 66, 70, 75. I don't freaking know. Um, I eventually I agree. I think the first the first margin trade I'm going to want to take is bouncing off this twenty week moving average. Um, that thirty eight spot. Once we start dumping, literally everyone is going to call for it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yep. literally. Every single person on earth is going to look at it and say, like, I'm going to long this. Uh, and they're, that's what they're going to want. And I th what I like is that the 20-week will be sitting sitting there. And there's also that weekly low at 45. So, like, 
by the time this all could occur, maybe the 20 week will be up to 45. So maybe that'll end up being your like goat level entry, but not quite to where like all the people who exit late are then seeking, you know, they exit 48 and they're like, I'll buy 38, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see, I could see that like a nice wick down to 45 or so when the 20 week moves up and that'll be so good, so good for the long term trend for that to occur, even though it'll be extraordinarily painful, uh, if if yeah. we're still like overly exposed, or if you're exposed via derivatives through like altcoins or margin or whatever, um, yeah, that would be very painful. But we're we're gonna get that eventually. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying this this week. I don't. I, the more I look at the low time frames, I think we probably will pop up. Um, but I think too many people will will be right <laughs> if we pop up. So I just don't think they'll be right for very long on that move up. Well said. Is there anything that you that you're watching on the altcoin front? Um, it looks like there's some rotation trade happening, maybe back from, uh, BSC stuff to ETH stuff. There's a lot of talk about gas fees coming back down a little bit. So, um, you know, like the MEV conversation popped up Rook and Archer, some of those MEV plays, but, uh, gas under a hundred and, you know, Uniswap instantly went up 15%. Uh, Ave started to look really good. Um, and that makes me think like maybe there's some hunger for a little oh, defi wow. rotation. Sushi's up seven percent. Um, so yeah, like I think that 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 conversation um, could could get interesting. You've got a uni BTC chart you want to pull up. Yeah, I mean it's big. That's a big move for Uniswap. Wow. Yeah, I'm impressed. Like uh, even more so. Like we had this fade of the news, right? Right. Um, and then fell into support, bounced out of it, chopped a little bit, but that's not looking too terrible. No, I think it looks good. The one I, I like Ave more than Uni because Ave is still like number thirty something on the total market cap. Yeah. Um, Uni had that Uni three hype that just like really sustained. Um, however, that Uni relative to BTC chart looks really good. Overall, though, I think I like the relative value on Ave better. Um, as like, I typically think of Ave as uni and then ave in terms of blue chip but uni's number eight ave is like number 34 you know um ave could double which is a lot for these these blue chips ave could double in market cap and get back to its prior usd all-time highs um and no one would blink you know whereas if uni goes to 60 billion <laughs> like a double from here that's a high market cap you know that's insane yeah um that in that would in that would immediately make everything else look cheap right if uni goes up that much then it's like well crap sushi's a 2 billion dollar cap so sushi needs to go 10x again you know that yeah. uh like it's the that, curse of the top 10 <laughs> it's yeah, always it's like once you get there it's like now what you know, like yep. your, your, your double from here makes it challenging. So am I FOMOing a 10, 12% candle on uni? No. Am I interested in sushi and Ave and other stuff where the chart looked like crap recently and now looks great? <laughs> yes, I am. Um, on the relative pair though, like we've already talked about sushi's not proven it. Uh, and the dollar actually says the same thing. The dollar says sushi needs to really go above like 16, maybe even 17 uh, before it looks cleanest for a move up. So for me, the one that looked the most uh, clean and, and prepared for a move up out of those like highly liquid large caps currently was Ave. Um, 
So for my tulip stuff, I actually rotated a little more Ethereum to Aave um, this morning. Ethereum itself, uh, it's it still just cursed by like it's it's Bitcoin itself. <laughs> you know, like it's just, <laughs> yep. it moves such small amounts. Uh, like somebody was talking about BNB versus ETH, and it's I mean it's insane. It's like here's your January moves, and BNB is fifteen x, and Ethereum is like not even two X or something. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's, that's a lot of, co- that's a lot of cope for the, uh, ETH heads. But yeah. What are you I looking mean, at? You got freaking Dogecoin pulled up. Yeah. I mean, Dogecoin just took ages to break down and then just didn't. Um, I, I generally think Dogecoin is going to do something like this probably. Um, so Dogecoin is not really too interesting to me. Um, I, I've been, I bought Wi-Fi and I was pretty happy with it for a while. <laughs> and, and now now like i bought it during the run-up and then yeah. now it's basically right back or like a little bit above because i bought it a little bit lower i, I think wi-fi is interesting because it's really turning the narrative around and i think they've realized that they screwed up uh so i'm not i think that might be a worthy retest to buy personally yeah um, it's bef- basically this right yeah before it went before it moved up i similarly was like uh i don't want to curse it or anything but wi-fi actually looks good now (laughs) it didn't do anything because like you know coins like that they just when they've not made any relevant move in like six months that's november back there when it made a low um that's hard to convince yourself of however uh fundamentally they have been finally making changes to where they are creating some attractive yield and it's interesting to me Personally, I'm interested in some of the low caps or lower caps in the same space. Um, it's hard to buy this one, but like RGT, the Rari, Rari, Rari Capital, um, or RGT. Um, RGT. Yeah, I don't even know that one. That's so Tetranode got me onto this one because well, he's probably got a massive bag. Um, but I'll I'll pull it up. So it's hard to buy because it's up a freaking ton. Um, but from a yield perspective and from like kind of where it is, uh, it's in reconsolidation at 15, 16 bucks. Um, but it's got some volume coming in today. And what I was interested in was that, um, it's like a hundred million cap, something like that. So I feel like it's the type where it's you, you question, Hey, is this a blue chip in the making that has, multiples left in it you know like mm-hmm. getting to a billion dollar cap is not that big of a deal for a DeFi project anymore and that that leaves another 6x for a project like this you know so it's all of a sudden it's like oh rgt i could have bought that at 30 cents and now it's 16 dollars. i'm such an idiot and next thing you look it's like 80 or 100 dollars um it's got a lot of a lot of potential i think it's got a lot of like people can create their own pools for lending and borrowing so Stuff like that, I think, is a really interesting concept. Um, anyway, so too much. That's enough of a shill on on that. But Isaac in the chat says Wi-Fi TVL is exploding, um, and I think I think Wi-Fi is starting to figure out like how to maintain their moat with yield and then achieve yield well. Like keep you know be very dynamic in how they're deploying their strategies. Um, Banteg, the guy that is basically in charge of Wi-Fi now, is was tweeting about like, hey, you don't have to worry about the latest thing to ape in on the weekend. We got you covered. And it's like a certain type of pool that 
you know, goes and does it for you. And I think that's really where the evolution of this DeFi stuff is going to go is like invest in something where they take care, take care of all the crazy stuff, (laughs) you know, and like, you're not having to ape everything because they're, they're kind of helping you manage that. Um, I think several of these are, are interesting on that front. Yeah, I, I think in general, the reason why I'm interested is just because, I mean, there's a good chance that my trade gets stopped out, right? But the risk reward is just so insane that I'm just like, okay, it's worth it. Um, yeah, that's kind of what then I was have, on, on, on RGT. I was like, I don't know, man. It already like went up 8,000% or something for people, but it still looks like a decent value. I don't want to be the yeah. person that just refuses to buy something because it's up, you know? It's the worst thing to do in, in a bull market, right? When you're just like, oh, I, w- I don't want to buy this because it's up. And then it's only up like 5x and it goes up 50x. And you're like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, totally yeah. agree on that front. What else uh, are you I mean, at? I like coin. Like, I mean, I have a position like coin, have a position Wi Fi. Like coin is just like, I hope this holds basically. Um, yeah, I'm I'm the boring guy. I, I was, I was in, in XRP for a little while. Um, not anymore, but probably have to kind of get into it like mad right now, dude. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I saw that chart. I, I saw that chart. And I was like, this is gonna go up, huh? Yeah, yeah it's still going up. up. Like, it's just going ham right now. Uh, yeah, I don't know if this is news driven or what, but that's good. We're for not the rest doing of- it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good for the rest of DeFi. Like, I look at that and I immediately want to buy this. Right? I just I look at Uni Pump like that and I immediately want to buy Sushi. Uh, and just assume it's going to break that resistance that we showed at the beginning of the tra- at the beginning of the show. Um, if anybody wants insight on how I look at these things, that's exactly how I do it. I'm like, okay, let's go find its its buddy. You know, like yeah. these typically have like multiple pairs that lean in on one another, and one goes and the other one goes because we're all just like chasing the chasing the next best thing <laughs> um, i mean that's that's what i did on on BitCloud. did i tell you about it at all no. like i jake paul jake paul and logan paul um i was like one is trading it really high the other one isn't so i'm just gonna buy the one that isn't <laughs> literally the brother <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um i mean jake paul went from like on BitCloud like 6k to like 23 or something mm. and i mean that's like how you can play these it's it's very difficult to kind of see okay is it just is one strong and the other one weak or is it like one is strong and the other one is lagging right there's a yeah. big difference there i'm um, typically but, willing to play the one is strong and the other is lagging play like yeah i don't mind that play if i was one of these you know 20x by default people i would probably long sushi 1520 1530 whatever it is and I'd play it up to like sixteen ninety because it can probably lag to there just as a laggard, you know. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be strong to make that trade. Um, that's like my basic low IQ. Okay, let's just go <laughs> capture the lagging trade because there enough people will play it as a laggard rather than a weak, yep. just, at least for something. Doesn't necessarily mean new highs or whatever, but at least for something, I think that trade could totally exist and on leverage if you were going to play it that way you're getting a little 10 11 percent right <laughs> nice payday and that's how people look at these things they just yep you know as few strands of brain necessary to transmit to profit um <laughs> <laughs> i mean in general i think it's actually high iq as long as your target is close right like yeah, the- you're not saying like oh it's going to 50 
Yeah, you're like, oh, sushi went, uh, uni went up like 50%, so sushi has to. Like, that's the wrong way to look at it. But you have to be thinking, okay, uni is going up. Um, people are going to look at sushi as like a trade that is going to follow uni. So I want to be profiting off of those. And I don't want to be the guy that those people take profit on in the end, right? So you're just kind of getting in early before them. You're front running them riding them and then taking profit into them as well. That's kind of the way to look at it instead of just being like, okay, this is going to go completely mad because the other one did so too. Yeah. Uh, because like what I see all the time is people play the legged and then hold it and <laughs> never sell it. And then it's like, yeah, dude, you just bought the weaker one of the now two. You, now you just have the laggard. You didn't have the catch up trade. Yeah, it's just like you're, you're not really doing yourself a favor there. Like you generally want to be buying strength, but the, the, the kind of like that kind of correlation play is still there. It's just you got to be quick and you got to be not greedy, in my opinion. Yep. I think that's a good place to probably leave it. Um, the chat is saying that you take that information and you go by radium. Uh, I don't want to bet against Sam. <laughs> so you may be right. <laughs> Uh, chat uh, or the chart I don't know it doesn't really tell me anything so I gave you a shot there chat but the the fact that that's down 6 or 7% at the same time that uni's doing that makes me think people aren't super hungry for this trade at least at the moment um, but Doc why don't we leave it there you got anything yep. to add nope alright thanks everybody for joining us it has been a pleasure to have you here be sure to catch the replays at weeklyopen.com and you can catch them on YouTube as well while you're at it go to weeklyopen.com slash blockfolio and download blockfolio give a trade do a trade there today one asset to the other great experience zero fees fully powered by FTX books thanks so much to the team at Blockfolio for being our partners. Once again, that's weeklyopen.com slash Blockfolio. And then go to weeklyopen.com, catch the replays of Weekly Open, share it with your friends, all that good stuff. We need your help in that. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next time.